Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Welcome to Franchise Players. Uh, we are your home for Triad Sports, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Follow us on Twitter at Tobacco Radio. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson. Got the rundown Wolfpack in the house, Hot Rod Funderburg, Brandon Blakeney in the house. Uh, I wanted to get into some NBA guys because Sunday, we were off on Monday, of course. Sunday, our Hornets actually had a nationally televised game on ESPN where they beat the brakes off the Boston Celtics. And uh, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, elevation of miles bridges this year it's almost like the the injuries that the hornets have had were almost a godsend because the world is finding out about miles bridges like dude is on sports center like every other day now uh he's just flipped a switch have you guys had a chance to check uh bridges out at all oh most definitely this is the most i've watched the hornets um i mean these games are always on tv on fx south but um they're messy tv right now miles bridges has really found his own the confidence I think, too, having a guy like Melo to just put it up there so he can go get it has helped out a lot, too. But, man, he's just exciting. He's hitting the three ball. He's punishing the rim, putting cats on posters every week. So yeah. I'm loving the energy I'm seeing. So let me read these stats before I get to, to Rod and his thoughts on Miles. So Miles Bridges' last 12 games, and that's since Gordon Hayward went down and, and Bridges got put into the small forward spot in the starting lineup. He's averaging 19.4 points per game. He's shooting at 51.8% from the floor. He's shooting 46.4% from three, 80% from the line, 7.2 rebounds a game, 0.8 blocks, 0.8 steals. Like he's literally turned into an all-star, in my opinion, over these past 12 games. I'm assuming he'll be able to keep this up because the dude is only what, like 22, 21, something like that? Yeah, so he's still young, man. Like, Rob, what are your thoughts on Miles Bridges? Has he shown that? He's a building block for the Hornets going forward. Man, Miles Bridges has shown he's a building block. Miles Bridges has shown that he can be box office, man. Like I was watching that. Uh, I think one of the last games, I can't remember which game it was. I want to say they were playing, uh, was it Boston or Cleveland? I think it was Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, 36 Cleveland on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Dude was box office, man. I mean, he was doing his thing. And then he's developed – because when he first came out, to me, he didn't really have the perimeter game the way that I thought he should have had a perimeter game. But to me, he's developed that perimeter game now. And you don't, I mean, people are nervous when they see Miles Bridges either cutting or getting ready to drive to the basket because yes, they sir. know what's going <laughs> to happen. They're going to be on the highlights. ESPN highlights, Stephen A. Smith going to be talking about them. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> with me, Miles Bridges, man, I think he can be that piece to build on. And he's like, 
I, I guess you can't even call him a diamond in the rough anymore. I, I, I think yeah. he's just about a He's a gym, man. I like Miles Bridges. That's all I can say. And he's box office. I like to watch him play. Jalen Rose had a segment on NBA Countdown before that Hornet Celtics game that was dedicated to Miles Bridges. And it was basically what you were just talking about, Rod, about how people were making business decisions the past two weeks when it came to getting in his way after he dunked on Clint Capella. <laughs> so mm -hmm. now it's like dudes will like they'll be there in the lane. He comes down and it happens so fast. It's like a bang, bang, like when it happens and they don't want to get caught underneath the barrel of that gun. And they just literally you'll see dudes sometimes they'll jump in the air and duck while they're in the air because <laughs> they don't want no parts of it. Do you think he's the best in-game dunker right now? Because I was trying to think of somebody else and he might very well be. I don't think it's fair to compare him to like, I've seen people compare him to Vince Carter and Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins. Hey, Those guys were, man. yeah, they, they were a little different. Vince was getting about a foot extra up in the air <laughs> with more power when he was doing his <laughs> stuff. But as of right now, is there another dunker in the NBA that you would put up against Miles? Who won the slam dunk contest? I don't forgot already. Uh, I, honestly, was it was it Diallo? Did he win it this year? No, that was uh year before. That was last year. I, Who won the slam I, dunk I honestly, contest? I really don't even remember. I will say he's the best power dunker right now. Like nobody's dunking the ball as hard as him right now. He's six six. Right, he's six six, and he's doing this. Like, I mean, that not to say that's short. I mean, Michael Jordan was right. six six, but but he's doing like Dominique Wilkins type things. <laughs> like, like Wilkins right. was like the right. power double clutch. Oh, uh, Afrini Simmons, Simmons won it. Won. Yeah, yeah, Simmons won from, it. Uh, yeah, from uh, from uh, yeah. does he play for Portland? Yeah, yeah, he's a youngster. He's real good. He's a youngster. But take, Miles Bridges yeah. looks like he's about to take the rim down with him every time. Yeah. yeah, like Miles Bridges comes through there, like he has attitude with the rim, like the rim did something to him. Yeah, that's right. Like it, like it, like it, like it, like it, his mama or something. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love, and, and we're just kind of bouncing around the NBA here. Of course, I had to start off with the Hornets, but other stuff going on in the league. There's really only about two weeks left in the regular season. Got guys, what are your thoughts on the play in tournament? Because I'm hearing a lot of people saying they don't like the idea, but to be honest. The play-in tournament kind of gave that Hornets-Celtics game on Sunday some juice because they, you know, Hornets are trying to stay out of it. The Celtics are in the sixth seed, so they're kind of out of it, but they're only a game and a half out of it. The Hornets are right there behind them. I think it's kind of added a little intrigue to the season, like the Warriors. The Warriors in the West are like the tenth seed. Any other time, they would have packed it up. They would have probably told Steph to stop playing. You know what I mean? Like they just would have stopped for the season right. and just let some young guys play. But because they're they're still able to maybe get in the playoffs and play in, we're seeing Steph do stuff that we haven't seen anyone do before. Uh, he had a record 85 three-pointers made in a month. Um, he passed that plateau this weekend. The previous was uh, 83, and that was James Harden with the, uh, the Rockets in 2019. But I believe Steph has another game or two before this month is over uh, this week. So that's not going to stay at 85. Uh, Steph, Steph is literally carrying that team on his shoulders by himself. They have no one. Like, even Draymond, like, they have no one at Golden State right now. I will say, man, I like the way Kelly Oubre has played. Um, I think he's been pretty solid for those guys. But for the most part, that's been Steph, I mean, without Clay, And he's, he's an MVP for him right now, to be honest with you. He's playing insane. I think he's got more threes right now than four franchises. Let me well. Let me ask this question then. As my dog decides to start barking at shadows in the living room here, say, "Get out of here!" 
<laughs> he, he he already knows the Steph combo. He like, dang, Steph going crazy. <laughs> well, let me ask this: Do you are you comfortable with the NBA giving the MVP award to a team that may have a less than five hundred record? Because apparently, I didn't realize this, but apparently, back in the day, the NBA used to give the MVP to just whoever that was like right. the best player, regardless if the team was good. And then once the fans started voting, that went away. Like, do you think that the fans would want any parts of Steph Curry being MVP? Or would it be because of the fans that Steph Curry becomes MVP because of what he's doing? Dez, I'll be honest with you, man. I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think Steph could win it because of the fans. I don't care what you say. Steph is getting older, but Steph is still that boyish looking kid. He's a kid out there. And, And all the fans have a Steph Curry in them. And what I mean by that is, Everybody wants to shoot the three-pointer. Not everybody can go and drive to the basket, hit the big-time dunk like the Miles Bridges we were talking about. Mm-hmm. But people are developing that three-point game, and Steph has handles to go along with that three-point game. He's getting his teammates involved. You know, he's getting Wiseman involved. I mean, he. I mean, Steph is playing good ball. So I think he could possibly win it regardless of how bad the team is doing, them being in the 10th spot the whole nine. I think he could still win it based upon the fans because they see Steph and the fans have always loved Steph. I mean, Steph could get it just from his warm-up game shooting half-court three-pointers, <laughs> man. I mean, yeah. it, it, we talk about Steph Curry here. Yeah, yeah, he's ridiculous. Exactly. I, I, I don't understand it, but I, I love it. He's probably my favorite player to watch. I've said between him and LeBron, they're my two favorite players currently playing in the NBA, but Steph is probably my favorite player just because of everything you just said. He's, he's almost ordinary. Like, LeBron looks like a cyborg. I mean, it looks like you play right. NFL tight end right right now at age 35 or whatever. But it's kind of like that dude you see in McDonald's or or wherever. Like, he's just like that guy. He's 6'1", 6'2". He doesn't have, like, a huge frame or anything. He's not the fastest guy out there. He's not, like, the highest jumping or anything like that. But he will shoot a 50-foot three-pointer in your eye. <laughs> like, if you, if yes. you think that he won't, he will. Um, yeah. it's just crazy to watch it. It's just crazy to watch it. I mean, uh, Steph is like the normal guy. Like, you know, he's the guy that if you work as hard as you can, you can become that as an NBA yeah. player. He's not freakishly athletic. He's not 6'8", 260 like LeBron and those guys. Steph just put in mad work and got good. You know, something else, too, that's made me think of this. Uh, it makes me think how much he had to step back the two years Durant was in Golden State. Because he wasn't this. He literally had to kind of take the Dwayne Wade role in, in Miami when LeBron came and be the second guy. And really in the middle of the peak of him winning MVP awards. Like he had just won the previous two. And he's the only player in history to win one unanimously. Like Wilt didn't do that. Jordan didn't do that. LeBron hasn't done that. Like Nate Magic, Larry, Larry Bird won three in a row. He never won it unanimously. Steph has won it unanimously. And, and then you get to rant. And it's almost like he was like, here you go, man. I'm going to let you get some of this love. Come get these rings. Come get this finals MVP. And then Durant realized no matter what I do, it's going to still be Steph Curry's team. Like I could win five of these and people are still going to think of it as Steph Curry. And I joined him. And that's really why he left. Well, that and Draymond Green calling him out on national television in the middle of the game. But um, I want to talk about the Suns. Buy or sell the Suns. You think the Suns got enough to get to the NBA finals? I mean, I know that they're battling for the number one seed in the West. Although to me that's a bit watered down because the West has been kind of well, the whole NBA's been kind of banged up all year with Phoenix and Utah basically atop of the East the whole year and Brooklyn and Philly atop of the the excuse me. I said it right. Uh Brooklyn and Philly being atop of the East all year. 
uh, Phoenix and the Jazz being on top of the West, excuse me, all year. Are you buying and selling or selling the Phoenix as a legit contender? I'm buying, honestly. Um, they're second in the West right now, and everybody's been saying since the All-Star break they were going to slow down and start missing games. But if you pay attention to Winston's own Mr. Chris Paul, he wins. He does this everywhere he goes. He turns point the franchise around. The point God, God, man. You know what I'm saying? He, he turns these guys into winners. And if we were speaking of the play-in tournament and the bubble last year, Phoenix was the hottest team in the bubble last year with that yeah, young know. squad. You know, yeah, DeAndre A and Book it doesn't have to be the uh, – Devin Booker doesn't have to be the main ball handler. He's got Chris Paul. It's orchestrated. He's still a bulldog on defense. And they got a lot of young talent on the wings too, man. I, I think they – I don't know if they they come out of the West just because it's L.A. and not betting against Braun. But I, I think that they, they're going to go further than a lot of people think. I can see them making it to the Western Conference Finals for sure and uh, giving those guys a run. Let's do this because I'm curious about this. because I've, I've always tried to figure out where to place Chris Paul in terms of all-time greats for point guards. Let's do this. So there's three of us here, right? I want to. I want us each to like name a point guard. We're gonna go around and around until we get to Chris Paul's name, or until somebody says a name where the other two are like, "Oh God, no! Chris Paul's way better than that guy is." It doesn't have to be a guy right now. Like I mean, like all time. Think of all the greatest point guards you can think of all time that you would probably put ahead of Chris Paul. I don't think we're gonna get past nine or ten of them before we get to Chris Paul, if even that many. Yeah, um, I wouldn't think so. Uh, uh-uh, no, not at all. So I mean, I'll, I I'll think start. he's probably gonna be way higher on my list than y'all's. Well, that's fine. I'm just trying to figure out kind of con- between the three of us, like where we kind of see him because I've been, had trouble trying to figure out where to place him because he's never been to a conference final. He's never, uh, you know, been never won an NBA championship, never won an MVP or anything like that. I don't even know if he's led the league in assists in any given yeah. year. I'd have to look yeah, that up. Yeah. I'm he, sure he has, he, like when he was younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he's done it a couple times. All right. So, okay. So I'll start off and then Rod and then Brandon. We'll just kind of go around until we get to Chris Paul. Magic Johnson is better than Chris Paul. Um, that's pretty much um, Steph Curry. <laughs> Steph I mean, Curry. Okay, so that's two. Magic Johnson, Steph Curry. I'm gonna write these down as we do them. Rod, what you got? I like John Stockton. Ooh, the leader and assists by country mile. Yeah, that's where that's I talk on. That's I I, I I don't agree. Well, you don't think that? Uh, wait, you John think Chris Paul's better than John Stockton? Absolutely. Yeah, he never saw Absolutely. John Stockton play. No, yeah, I actually saw John Stockton. No, no, time out. I've seen John Stockton play. <laughs> um, I saw, I've seen his Gonzaga highlights. And, yeah, he played 20, 25 years to become the leader and assist. And his, that record may never be broken, but he doesn't have more All-Star game appearances. He doesn't have more first-team All-NBA appearances. He doesn't have more first-team All-Defense appearances. Oh, he came Like, he came I've, I've, I've had this debate before. Man, he had came equipped. So, he went to the so, back. He went to the back, yeah, man. I'm in the bag on that one. I, see, okay, so, here, so here's my issue with all that you just said, though, because everything you, you said just point said. Guard. Yeah, point Well, no, not that. Everything he <laughs> just said to, to – to, Everything All-Star he just team? said to bring John Stockton's credibility down that he had played so many years, that's the same argument you could use for LeBron James. No. And, and, and with, <laughs> he's played, with Chris he's Paul, played, Chris he's Paul, played 17 years. He's going to play another Paul four. Never, Chris Paul never had Carl Malone. Let's be honest. The, he's the, never the, had the Carl Malone. Is Carl Malone the leading scorer or is it still Kareem? I think Carl's number no, two. It's Kareem. Carl's it's Kareem and number two. two. Yeah, and then yeah, I think it's MJ number three or somewhere after that. He's never had a Carl Malone. And John Stockton never averaged more points than this guy has. Chris Paul's been the featured vocal point of his team for many years, especially 
people forget about when he was in New Orleans and he was taking David West and Trevor Ariza to the playoffs every year. He never had the structure that John Stockton had, and I feel like he still performed better. But again, they never made it to the conference finals. Like I think in that year they lost in the first round to uh what did they lose to? I don't even remember. <laughs> Chris, well, Chris got hurt with those Clippers teams. I do agree that they should have made the finals, but also yeah. they crumbled. Like Blake Griffin and JJ Reddick are not the guys you want taken to the finals. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, too. I don't know, man. John Stockton was on the dream team. Yeah. Like, John just, Stockton I'm, was I'm the man. Like, dog. I mean, Chris man, he Paul was, was on the redeem team. He was starting. Uh, that's true. Yeah. He was on the redeem team. I don't yeah, know. That's I a still, good. That's a good conversation, yeah, though. I'm kind of like we fell into Stockton. that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of because I mean that was I either going to be John Stockton or Isaiah Thomas. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I can't put him above Isaiah. I'm sorry, Isaiah won I two can, rings. No Isaiah got crazy handles. People don't think about how people don't know how crazy Isaiah Thomas's handles were. They were on Kyrie Irving level. Like they, yeah, this absolutely. dude was sick. He was ridiculous. I, people just think of uh, Isaiah Thomas as an asshole. Right. Well, he didn't make the dream not because of not because of his skill. Yeah, because they didn't like him. I mean, we can assume we we all seen the. Meme. I meant the qualifications, but we seen the meme. But the fact of the matter is, he didn't make it. Like, no, he didn't get it. No, he didn't make it. He should have. He won a fin- he a finals MVP when they beat the Lakers. Didn't he win the yeah, finals? Because remember, he, he scored sure. he scored like twenty five points in the fourth quarter on a sprained ankle, like a badly ankle. sprained ankle. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, like he basically dropped the Lakers. They swept those Lakers. If I'm not mistaken, they went four zero. That's a good one. Um, hmm. Then you got to start talking like. What about like uh, Westbrook or Harden or well, any of these younger guys? Nah, the guys that are out right I, now that have won MVPs in the league. Well, Harden's more of a two guard. I would say, if anything, Oscar. Yeah. Ooh, how was yeah, how was that's... Kobe listed? Was Kobe listed at the point or a shooting guard? No, he was a shooting guard. guard. Yeah, he yeah. was a two. Um, I'm trying to think though. Who who are we forgetting? Because it's like it wasn't I mean, bad. Uh, I'd take Chris Paul over Tony Parker. I mean, oh, Tony yeah. Parker just was in the right place at the right time to me. What's, what's, <laughs> what's Dame Lillard listed as? Uh, he's, a sp- he's a point guard, but I think he's I'd take Chris guard, Paul, too. And then Rajon Rondo wasn't a bad point guard. No. But compared but, to Chris Paul? Yeah. Oh, See, okay, so we got we got to, like, three. We got down to, like, we said Magic, Steph, and then Stockton, and that's where we kind of – that's where and it I broke mean, off. And, I mean, if you're going to throw Stockton – I can't put Stockton over Oscar Robinson. So, if that's the case, Oscar – Yeah. I would put Oscar up there too, uh, uh, probably yeah. above. I forgot Stockton. about him. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about him. I feel like who? What about like Jerry West? The logo. Jerry West was a two guard. Was he? Oh yeah, you're right. Wait, what was? Ba- I thought Baylor was the two. No, Baylor was the three. Uh, yeah, Baylor was the three. Elgin Baylor was the three. Who am I forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting a guy that should just be plain as day, and I can't think of who it is. Point guard wise, well, they call him the point guard. I mean, the point guard. I, and I guess that's probably why. I mean, the only point guards I remember is what, like back in the day, what there was a Baron Davis, um, Gary yeah, Payton, hey, Payton. Payton. Oh, yeah. the Hornets was nasty. Stephon that's, Marbury. That's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Davis was nasty with the Hornets. Yeah, like that was right yeah, there in that yeah. stretch where we lost them too. Um, yeah, he was like yeah. that Russell Westbrook before Russell Westbrook, like athletic point guard. Just D Rose mm. is up there too. I think in my was opinion. Penny Hardaway considered a point. guard? I was gonna say if we're gonna put yeah, Derrick Rose in there. I, I, I got to put Penny in there. Penny was gonna be. Yeah ridiculously yeah. good and just got hit by injuries yeah. yeah and i want to do that as a topic uh as we get out of football and uh we start doing more basketball stuff uh guys who whose careers uh injuries were cut short 
like we're gonna put a team together. Like there's got like Penny and Grant Hill and Brandon I posted Roy. a Grant Hill post Brandon Roy. Oh gosh, Greg Oden maybe. Like we'll we'll put a we'll yeah. put like a twelve man roster together and kind of figure out who who would have been on that. So I guess we kind of answered the question. There's probably maybe only two <laughs> we put above Chris Paul, which is crazy because he's never played in the NBA Finals. Right. He's never won a conference final. I don't think he's even been to a conference he, final. Nah, now that I think about it. He, nah, he hasn't. Wow. Good. Man, well, 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 the Suns are going to – we'll see what the Suns do. So uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, this is good around the NBA. Uh, we're going to come back. Josh, uh, Josh Klein from the uh, the Riot Report will be on to talk a little bit of Panthers. Then uh, these guys will be back, and we'll get into some NFL stuff because the NFL draft is this week. You're listening to Franchise Players on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Welcome back to Franchise Players. I am your host, Desmond Johnson. We are your home for Triad Sports here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. The Carolina Panthers hold the eighth selection in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. That will begin this Thursday night. So, of course, you know here at Franchise Players, we'll have loads of Panther analysis for you up to that point and beyond. Joining me right now, he is the editor-in-chief of the Riot Report at theriotreport.com. It's Josh Klein. What's going on, Josh? Hey, man. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm pretty good. Got a lot to dive into here. Um, we're, we're finally here. Draft week is finally upon us. We've we've looked at this pick every which way. The Panthers have, uh, every time we think we've got a beat on where they might go, they end up signing like two free agents at that position, and, and then we have to go back to the drawing board again. Uh, GM Scott Fitterer mentioned last week during their press conference that the Panthers had about 16 guys graded as first-round guys. Who do you think are the top four players on the Panthers board right now? Ooh, great question. Um, so I think that uh, the first player that I would have on the Panthers board is actually not a player. This is my favorite thing to do is to take your question and then completely not answer it. <laughs> it would be a terrific coach, a terrific GM. I basically treat every uh, every time I'm on the radio or podcast as if I'm doing a pre-draft press conference. It's all smoke yeah. screens here. <laughs> right. um, let me answer your question with another question. No, uh, I, I think that the, the number one thing that the Panthers want to do is trade down, if we're being honest. I think that there are guys that are on the board. I think if Trevor Lawrence is there at eight, I think they're going to snap him up. I think that if Kyle Pitts is there at eight, I think they're going to snap him up. I don't think either one of those have a, a cow's chance in hell of being there. So I, I think that um, I just made that phrase up, by the way. I don't know if that's a real <laughs> yeah, phrase. I was like, wow, uh, that's kind of. <laughs> it's fun, though. Just but spread yeah, it around. Yeah, let's go with it. Yeah, let's go with it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I, I think that other than that, even when you think of, I actually tweeted this out last night. I said, uh, you know, what player would have to be on the board for the Panthers to not want to move down five or seven spaces and pick up a first round pick next year? Like in my mind, there are only a couple, maybe it's Justin Fields, maybe it's Panay Sewell, it's whoever it is. It's the number one player at a position that the Panthers need. So whether it's the left tackle, whether it's their number one cornerback on the board, whether it's Patrick Sertan, JC Horn, 
or whether it's maybe it's the number one wide receiver on the board. I know that, la- you know, that's kind of a position that everybody is ignoring. But this team last year really wanted they really liked C.D. Lamb. They coveted C.D. Lamb. They had their eye on him. And he was kind of a, had an outside shot of being that number seven pick. If Derek Brown wasn't there, maybe if Marty Herney wasn't there, the, the, the pick would have gone differently. So I think that this is a team that is not scared to invest in their future and add more playmakers to the offense. And so if somebody like Jamar Chase, who is kind of, everybody says is this generational wide receiver, if he's available at eight, is he somebody that's worth not trading down? Because I think that for 14 minutes and 59 seconds of that 15-minute draft period, they're going to be taking phone calls trying to figure out the best possible deal. And then if they can't find the right deal, that's when I think they're going to pull the trigger on an actual player at that number eight spot. We're going to circle back around to the what-if scenario if the Panthers trade down, but I kind of want to stick with where you were going there with the positions uh, that the Panthers kind of need. And we always hear, you know, don't draft on need, best player available, yada, 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 but teams do this. <laughs> so is there a position that under every scenario possible that the Panthers should not draft in the first round? Uh, running back, I think, would be, uh, <laughs> would be a bad one at the eight spot. Um, I think that... It's interesting that you say that because I, uh, up until recently, I kind of started thinking about this differently. I would have said quarterback because I think that after you go out and you trade for Sam Darnold uh, and you give up assets, a second and a fourth round pick, and and once you pick up that fifth year option, you're giving up $19 million in, in salary cap room in 2022. I think that it's hard to then go back and reinvest in another quarterback uh, with the number eight spot. You kind of make it impossible for Sam Darnold to succeed. And then you also make it a lot harder for your number eight pick to succeed. That being said, when you look at this draft board and you say, okay, well, Panesul will probably be gone. Kyle Pitts will probably be gone. Uh, Jamar Chase will probably be gone. Who will be the best player available? And the best player available at the number eight spot may actually be the quarterback Justin Fields. And mm-hmm. when you look at it like that, you say to yourself, okay, well, this is a team that you know is not, I mean, sorry if I'm breaking anybody's heart here, but the Panthers are not ready to compete for the Super Bowl in 2021. Like that's right. just that it, bar none, they're not going to compete. And and Matt Rule knows that. He won't say it, obviously. Scott Fitterer knows that. He won't say it. David Tepper knows that. He won't say it. But I will say it. They, <laughs> they are not going to the Super Bowl in 2021. And so what do you want to do? You want to get better for the future. And if you are truly looking at the best player available, I, I think that Justin Fields certainly fits that bill. Now, is there a chance that craziness happens and people get jumped and, and maybe – uh, you know, somebody else is available there at the eighth pick. Sure. But if you're deciding between is the difference between Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater or Christian Derrissaw, is that a first round pick next year? I don't think so. But the difference between Justin Fields and uh, and Sam Darnold or uh, or the next quarterback on the board, who I think would probably be Macaroni Jones or a guy that you're getting in third or fourth in the third or fourth round. Is that worth a first round pick next year? Maybe it's maybe it is, but when it comes to quarterback, if you make the right choice, if you choose the right player, nothing else matters. If Justin Fields turns out to be the quarterback of the future, then it doesn't matter that you traded a second and a fourth round pick for Sam Darnold. Doesn't matter that you paid Teddy Bridgewater three years, sixty-three million last year. All, all that matters is that you have him on the roster. So that is going to be a decision that I think they might be staring in the face when it does come around to that eighth pick. 
follow him on Twitter at Josh Klein rules. So I have a theory, Josh, about Sam Darnold and the Panthers. Oh, I love theories. Uh, <laughs> and I'm kind of just reading the tea leaves and looking at what they're doing and what they're not doing in terms of what this all means. And it didn't really come together for me until a couple of days ago. I came across a random article. It's the only time I've ever seen this theory really in the past couple of weeks when it comes to the Panthers uh, and Sam Darnold. I don't think Sam Darnold will ever suit up for the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to trade him because I think they've had their eye on Justin Fields this entire time. All of this has been a smokescreen. Sam Darnold is a doorstop. He is there in case Justin Fields is not there at eight and they don't want to trade up because they can't get anyone else above that. Um, So Sam Darnold is there in case they don't get Justin Fields. If they draft Justin Fields at eight, they will simply turn around and trade Sam Darnold for the second that they ended up giving up to get him in the first place. Your thoughts. That is some, I mean, if that's the case, that is some real 4D chess there. That is some real like galaxy brain, like the meme of the guy, like, but really it was aliens. <laughs> oh, like, wait, well, actually, let me, let me give you this too. Cause this is the reason why I think this, this okay. is why the Panthers have not picked up the fifth year option. If they don't get fields, they will pick up the fifth year option. If they do get fields, then that makes that trade more palatable to another team. Cause now instead of getting a guy who just signed a fifth year option, they're going to own 20 plus million. They're getting a guy at the end of a four-year, uh, you know, rookie deal where they have the option to increase him if they'd like to, or they can just have him as a one-year rental, and Sam Darnold goes back into the free agent pool again. So that's the reason why Fitterer was kind of dancing around the whole. Uh, we have a plan with Darnold, but he would not go into any kind of specifics whatsoever. That would start sitting with like like warning bells off with me. Like, wait a minute, if this guy is supposed to be the face of the franchise and everything going forward in the future what's the holdup? Like, why would you have not given them the fifth year uh, extension yet? Cause they're waiting for after the first round. What are your thoughts? Okay. So that, that I'll, I'll go down this road with you because it's fun to, to yeah, hypothesize. And what else are you going to do two days <laughs> yeah. before the draft? Right. You got to hypothesize <laughs> a little bit. Um, I, I don't, I do agree with you that they traded for Sam Darnold with the idea that they may not be able to draft a quarterback at eight that they really like. I think that they that the all the everything that we have heard and everything that we have kind of found everything that I've heard is that the Panthers really liked Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and that the other guys they didn't really feel were worth going up to that third pick and it wasn't you know they call I'm sure they called Miami but they it, the idea that they gave up what San Francisco would give up which looking back is an insane deal um, to go up nine spots that wasn't worth it to them to go up to three and have their choice of whether it was Trey Lance or Mac Jones or even Justin Fields. And so they didn't want to do it. So it kind of became a situation where, okay, well, we're not going to get a quarterback. But then if a quarterback does fall into their lap at the eighth pick, there's a difference between not reaching for something and not just taking it if it slaps you in the face. Mm -hmm. And so that may be a situation where they may say to themselves, hey, we weren't going to go up and get him, but now he's here. So... Uh, I think that that I would that I would uh, throw back at you is that do you think that they are waiting to see what happens in the draft before they offer the fifth year option to DJ Moore because they could draft a wide receiver? Yes, actually, I do. I think that's the exact wow. and actually that, that, that adds strength to my original theory about Darnold. I, I look at what they did during the, the free agency period. All the players they signed—they're all little one-year, two-year deals. They're not giving out anything long-term to anybody right now because they're just evaluating the roster. And yeah, I absolutely agree with that. They're keeping all options on the table. If Jamar Chase is sitting there at eight, 
and they draft Jamar Charles. I mean, that that probably means they're going to wait a year to see what's up with DJ before they extend him on his fifth year uh, option and just let them roll the way they are. Let them play for that money. Uh, it just feels like this franchise is kind of shifting towards rewarding performance as opposed to or future performance as opposed to rewarding past performance. And I think all of this kind of goes hand in hand. I don't think they're doing anything without thinking about it on a bigger like puzzle type scale like this happens because of this this happens because of that none of this happens unless this guy's here you know that kind of stuff but they've done some things to kind of protect themselves on the back end in terms of the number one issue to me last year was depth like once they started getting injured the Panthers just had like holes like everywhere so they kind of went about dealing with that with all these one-year two-year deals uh especially on defense you let Curtis Samuel go I, I believe doing that opened the door for them to draft a guy like that. I just don't know if it's in the first round. I, actually, I think Carolina will probably draft someone like uh, Denami Brown in the third or something from uh, from North Carolina. I, I'm not really a big fan of drafting wide receivers in the first round as it stands right now. But, yeah, I, I'd agree. I think that that's the reason why they haven't extended DJ either is because they're kind of just keeping all the options on the table. Uh, I, I think I would disagree with you. I, I that it, So were you? did you watch Game of Thrones? Oh yeah, Game of Thrones fan. I, I resisted as long as I could, and then my wife finally got me in it before the last season started and binged it all. And yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm a. Fan. So so season four, <laughs> season five, like before the last season started, there was a moment where everybody was saying, you know, look at what these writers are doing. They're building to this place. They've had they they know exactly what they're doing. Get up the way they want to all of these threads are going to come together in the last in the last season and this is going to be just a perfect television series and i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put words in your mouth here but that's not really what happened in the last season of game of thrones and i'm no, not, not saying that it can't happen here <laughs> in carolina but you can say well i think that they're not doing this fifth year option because of the but then in, in reality, you know, me, we may be building up to a, the king is is Bran the Broken because he has the best story type of a situation. And the answer is like, he has the best story. Jon Snow came back from the dead. Like, so in, in my mind, that's the same as yelling, you guys signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year, $60 million deal. The next season, you traded a second and a fourth round pick for Sam Darnold. And then a month later, you drafted Justin Fields with the eighth pick. And then you you ended up not ex- exercising the fifth year option on Sam Darnold. So it's like you end up with these these moves that seem like they might all be in concert with each other, and they might. But at the same time, until you see the bigger picture, I, I'm not willing to maybe play. I'm not willing to uh, think that they are playing this kind of 40 chess until I see a little bit, of, a couple example. Let's see a couple examples of the 40 chess being played before we assume that that's what they're doing. What what would have to happen on Thursday night for for you to think like sit up in your couch and go, huh? Actually, this might have some. This might have a little juice to it. Like what what's something? Like, what's a move or something that would have to happen in those first ten picks to make you start thinking maybe the Panthers are cooking with grease here. Maybe they do have some kind of long term plan. Because for me, it's more along the lines of first first one of these five quarterbacks has to fall. It's not going to be you know the first four picks are quarterbacks. Like I, I refuse to believe that that's just not going to happen. Although I know probably the first three will be with San Francisco moving up to third. You don't do that for a, a tight end. You know what I mean? Like that's probably going to be a quarterback and it sounds like it's Mac Jones. Although I'm still scratching my head on why they would, you know, go that far to get Mac Jones, but th- it's going to leave one of these five quarterbacks, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, 
uh, Mac Jones, one of these guys is going to probably still be there, if not two of them, at the eighth spot. Because when you go through and start looking at everything, the San Francisco deal almost seems like it kind of screwed up any other trades that could happen because they gave up so much to move up the three. Now it's going to be more of a desperation type thing on Thursday where, I don't know, a team like New England at 15 decides they want to jump up and grab fields because he's dropped to eight or or even Mac Jones. They have a you know relationship with Alabama and Nick Saban. Maybe they know something we don't. But I feel like we're not going to see any more trades until uh, draft night. However, uh, if fields has dropped past, say, number six, then I think it comes into play all the stuff that I'm talking about. If he's not there, then none of this matters. They'll just pick best player available, hopefully Sewell or somebody that they could really use and just go forward or they'll trade down. Actually, I would prefer them to trade down, to be honest, in that situation. But uh, I guess that I guess I should ask you that. Would you rather them draft fields if he's sitting there? Would you rather them trade down if he's sitting there? See, that's tough. I don't really have a good answer for that. I, I There yeah. was a point I kind of waffle back and forth. In my mind, it depends on what the deal is to trade down. But I right. think it, it in this in, in where the Carolina Panthers are in their uh, roster building, in their evolution as a team, in their window in terms of when they may be available to win the Super Bowl, I think that trading down, if you can pick up a first round pick next year, is is my favored position. That being said, if you think that Justin Fields is going to be the next franchise quarterback of your team for the next decade, you have to take him, and. You have an owner who has proven that patience is not his strong suit. So if you pass on Justin Fields, if you trade down for the New England Patriots to draft Justin Fields and Justin Fields is the next Patrick Mahomes, I would imagine, just a guess, that your owner will be unhappy with you and he will... uh, (laughs) And he will rain down on you uh, like like Daenerys riding a dragon. Like these, this is what I'm talking about. These are the kind right. of references that I make. They're like five years old. I've got I got a whole bunch of Dave Matthews references. Oh, I'm here too. with. Like, oh, I'm here for all of it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm here for all of that. <laughs> um, but to me, when you ask me like what what would make me sit up in my mind, the if the Panthers fans should be hoping that that Justin Fields is on the board at eight because it makes that eighth pick that much more valuable not because the Panthers may take him. Now, they may take him, but in my mind, if you are building this team for the future, you say to New England, you say to Washington football team, you say to everyone that's calling you and saying, hey, we want to come up and get Justin Fields, you say, great. The price starts with a first-round pick next year and a second-round pick in 2023, and I'm hanging up the phone if you don't want to give me it, and it's fine. I'm fine to draft Justin Fields. I have. They have now put themselves into a situation. They have made it very clear through the media, through talking to us. So, I mean, we're talking about it right now. They've made it very clear that they are willing to take Justin Fields if the move is, if the uh, deal is not right. And so, oh. if if the deal is right, so if you're New England, yeah. offer the house, and that's how you come up and get Justin Fields. Because I think New England could just basically offer their 15th pick this year in the first, their first next year, and like a. I don't know, a second or a third or something. Actually, they might even have to do that. And that might be enough for them to move up to uh, to eight if Fields is there. I- I'm kind of wondering why Fields is dropping. You know what I mean? Like, he was 20 and two at Ohio State. The two losses are to Alabama and to Clemson. Like, he, he played his ass off in that semifinal game against Clemson to the point where I'd had doubts about him up to that game and left with zero doubt after that game was over. And it feels like ever since the national championship game, where clearly he was still. Not 100% because of the rib injury. 
And clearly Alabama was a better team overall. Uh, it, it just feels like he's falling for some reason. And, and there's always one. There's always one quarterback they tout the whole entire pre-draft period that inevitably falls from wherever they said he was going to be. And they and they don't just fall a couple of places. They like fall off a cliff. Like we might see an Aaron Rodgers situation happen with Justin Fields, although that's probably unlikely with the way uh, teams are coveting quarterbacks nowadays. But if that's the case, say that, and I'll leave you with this, say that uh, New England does trade with Carolina and Carolina moves back to that 15th pick. Where does your focus shift to then? Would you be interested in uh, Virginia Tech cornerback Caleb Farley, even though he's had a lot of, uh, well, he's got some issues going on in terms of uh, injury history. Would he be worth the risk in the teens? Because by all accounts, it sounds like he's the one of the top cornerbacks in the draft. Yeah, I think he has the highest ceiling, but he also has a huge, uh, a very, very low floor because of his medical history. And in a year like this, when they didn't have the combine, or they had the combine, but it wasn't really, they had the combine. But when they, you can't have your own doctors there. It's tough to get these guys checked out as thoroughly as you want to. It's going to give a guy, it's going to give a lot of teams pause. And I think that Caleb Farley would have been a top ten pick in a lot of drafts. And because of the injuries he's had, because of the back surgery, because of all the other things, I think he's going to fall. And I I do think that he's somebody that if the doctors can sign off on him, then sure, he certainly seems worth it. But that, that again, is the same thing. So if you have, if you're the Panthers and you have the eighth pick and you have the opportunity to draft, to drop to 15 and 15 for some reason is the pick that we're settled on, but it could be 12. It could be 13. It could even be 11. Um, If you have the opportunity to get to drop down there and take a Caleb Farley, maybe it's JC Horn that falls. Maybe it's somebody like Rashawn Slater, who everybody at one point was like, this is the number one tackle, has overtaken Panay Sewell. And then because his arms are, are three quarters of an inch shorter than everybody thought they were going to be, is now, <laughs> has so now dropped. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this is a, it's, it, it's like, it, is it worth it to then, okay, well, maybe we'll drop down to 13 and Rashawn Slater is there. Or maybe we'll drop down to 15 and J.C. Horn is there, or Caleb Farley, or one of these other guys that they have a first-round grade. You heard, you heard, he told us that they have a 16, they have 16 first-round picks. So they have 16 guys they are going to be very, very happy with to come out of that first round. Mm-hmm. So any of those guys, obviously they have some guys ranked higher than others, but any of those guys they think are going to come in immediately day one, start and make an impact. So if you can get one of those 16 guys, and you can get a first-round pick next year, and then you have two first-round picks, your own and somebody else's, whether it's New England, whether it's Minnesota's, whether it's Washington's, whoever's, then you have two first-round picks next year to say, okay, maybe we can package these two picks and go up and get our first-round pick, first-round quarterback next year, whoever the guy is that's falling next year that ends up being the Justin Fields of 2022. Maybe. Now, who everybody expects to be number one in the draft this year. Ooh, maybe don't you tease me, Josh Klein. Don't maybe you tease he me. falls. Maybe it's somebody else who I have no idea. That's the other thing is uh, college football. I don't really follow it. So I know like three names and one of them is Spencer Rattler. <laughs> everybody keeps dunking on me when I'm like, what if they take Spencer Rattler next year? Apparently he's not good. So, but you never know. He could be, he could be jumping up the. Jumping up the, hey, the yeah, rankings. You never, you never know. All right, Sam, Sam Howell's kind year. of the Sam Howell's kind of the dream, but we in theory we shouldn't suck enough to get Sam Howell next year. But but if you have two first round back. picks, maybe then, you have the opportunity that's a possibility. to trade up and get them. Yeah. So now you're the, playing forty yeah, seconds. Now exactly. we're bringing it all <laughs> now, together. There it is. We got it all back around again. That's that's fantastic because that would be 
that if this was like a three-year scheme to get Sam Howell, <laughs> they just did all his stuff just to land Sam Howell in the 2022 draft. That I, I would just take my hat off. Like that's insane and 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 brilliant at the same time. I, I don't think that they're uh, that far ahead. But hey, they've just knows, like <laughs> they, they're like revealing like they're putting up pictures in 2023. They're putting up pictures from like 2020 with like let's say Howell in the background, but you couldn't see it. Like you you until you pay attention. It's like the usual right. suspects. Exactly. It's like Matt Rule drops his coffee. Like, like, uh, yeah, like you're at the co- you're at the press conference. Joe Person drops his coffee cup as he sees Sam Howell popping up all over these pictures the from whole 2020. Time. Yep, and it's like, oh, it's they they show like the draft board from 20, 2019 and Sam Howell's at the top of it, and you're like, Howell's not even in this draft, but that's the plan. It's to get so, Howell in the building. Mac Brown's in on it. Everyone's in on it. It's just that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, there's this Mac is- Brown and uh, yeah, Mac, they they like they widen out from that picture of Matt Rule and Jimmy Johnson fishing, yes. and it's actually Mac Brown is taking the picture. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. This is why we bring you on for your expert, uh, your expertise, Josh Klein. Follow him at Twitter at Josh Klein Rules. He's editor in chief at the Ride Report. Go check them out, theridereport.com. If you're a diehard Panther fan like myself. Uh, you can go there, get information, get podcasts, analysis, everything you need to uh, quench that thirst as a Panther fan. Josh, always a pleasure to have you on, man, and uh, definitely need to get you back on uh, sometime after the draft to kind of go over the the aftermath and see if any of our conspiracy theories actually panned out. We didn't even talk about the fact that Matt Rule admitted that he's a huge day. I know, yeah, we never even... <laughs> and that his favorite song is You and Me. Matt, come on, yeah, buddy. That sounded, come on, that dog. sounded really forced. That sounded, that sounded uh, like that was, he only knows like three Dave Matthews band songs, and that was the first one that came to his mind <laughs> during the press conference. Because that's I don't think that's on anyone's top ten list for Dave Matthews band favorite songs. But, hey, Matt rules a... Uh, he is a interesting fellow to say the least. But Scott hey, Fitter, Scott Fitter really <laughs> endeared himself when he said "No Gray Street." Too, it was just it was uh, it was like it it made nineteen uh, year old Josh very happy. As a, as a huge <laughs> Dave Matthews Band fan, I was uh, I was I was stoked for the whole situation. We'll touch on that when I bring you back on next time because I'm sure they're going to bring it up again. Appreciate. Oh, you. I will. <laughs> yeah, believe it. <laughs> Appreciate you being all man. All right, have a good one. Coming up, more Panthers, Hornets. You name it, we got it. It's a busy week here. Franchise players, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Welcome back to Franchise Players. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, the rundown Wolfpack back in the house. Hot Rod Funderburg, Brandon Blakey, and here with me. The uh, the NFL draft is coming up here starting Thursday night. Of course, our Panthers are picking at uh, pick eight. You just heard Josh Klein from the Ride Report uh, going through some conspiracy theories with me in terms of what may happen there. I want to kind of take... Uh, I want to kind of zoom out and look at the rest of the NFL with you guys starting off with San Francisco trading up to number three. Who, who do you guys think that they're targeting? Cause I keep hearing Mac Jones, but I refuse to believe it in my head. Like why it would you trade be, up to three for Mac Jones? <laughs> it better be Justin Fields. That's all I got. I, that's what I'm saying. Like if, I mean, why is Justin Fields dropping? I don't understand why he's dropping. I know I think, he said the thing with the epilepsy, but it was before that. Yeah. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. I mean, 
Matt Brown has two DUIs, but his character is not coming into question. So I think that kind of says what's going on. Mm. I because mm. see, I look at if Trevor Lawrence was not in this draft, I think Jacksonville would take Justin Fields number one. Urban Meyer I mean, knows Justin Fields. He, he he recruited him to Ohio State. I mean, they know him. They know him probably better than any other team in this whole draft. But Absolutely. for some reason, people are thinking he might fall down to eight or beyond in this first round. And it kind of sucks because I actually became a Justin Fields fan watching him dismantle Clemson in that semifinal yeah. game. Like he, I mean, when he took that hit to the ribs, I was like, oh, dude's out. Like dude's out for the game. He's got some cracked ribs or something. He took it flush in the ribs. Didn't miss a snap. Came and started and was still throwing bombs down the field mm-hmm. with busted ribs. And I'm like, dude, this dude earned my respect. Like he's playing this Clemson defense. I hope Carolina gets a chance to try to draft him. Now it looks like Carolina might he might fall in Carolina's lap, and Carolina might not even draft him. They might trade that off. So I, mean, I say all this to try to figure them. out. They have high gray on them, but again, I, who do you think San Francisco's targeting at three? You said Fields, Rod. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking it has to be Justin Fields over Mac Jones, just me personally. But it you sounds know, like it's either Benahan, Jones or uh, the other guy, Lance. Trey Lance. But I mean, yeah, yeah but you away. know, yeah, but you know, Shanahan and um, what's the general manager out there? That, uh, used to play for Tampa Bay. Oh, uh, John Lynch. Lynch. Yeah. John Lynch. They do different things out there in San Francisco. Since those two have been out there, y'all have seen it. They've drafted. I mean, they've done some really, really different things. I think their defense is still intact. So, of course, we know they're looking for offensive players. And, of course, they need a quarterback. To me, it would be Mac. I mean, it wouldn't be Mac Jones. But it depends on what Shanahan is looking for for his offense because, you know, they want a certain type of quarterback to do exactly what they want, how they want. If Mac Jones fits that, yeah, maybe. And I'm going to just tell you, a lot of times you asked the question, you said, why did Justin Fields fall? He failed because he's a mobile quarterback that people aren't still used to just yet. He could possibly, yeah, he could possibly (laughs) get get injured. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a very political way to, yeah, that's a very politically correct way to put it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's (laughs) going And people are afraid of mobile quarterbacks and drafting them, you know, in the top. It's, it's almost like I can see Rod doing the, the air quote mobile quarterbacks when he's yeah. saying it. But, but when they talking about, they weren't, they weren't making it a big deal about mobile quarterbacks when my man from, uh, from Buffalo got taken. Mm. And he True. run that ball like Cam Newton do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they don't talk. Yeah. They don't call him a mobile quarterback. They call him uh what elusive. Is that what it is? Or <laughs> what's yeah, the what worst thing? <laughs> He's a uh, sneak, sneaky fast or something like that. Or sneak, sneaky athletic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Sneaky athletic. Sneaky athletic. <laughs> Justin oh Fields gonna get a couple guys fired who pass three five <laughs> I, years from now. Yo, I got a bold prediction. I think Justin Fields is gonna be a New England Patriot when that night one is over with. Like I really do. I think he's gonna fall down the board to around Carolina and or I Detroit, think, and they're gonna I trade think, to, to New England. I think Denver will get them first. Denver's at nine, so if they if they move up, they won't have to move up too far. You know the dude I really want out of all. I mean, they could be talking about quarterbacks and Panay Sewell and all this stuff. I want Kyle Pitts. 
I want that dude. Yeah, he's a monster. He's a monster. Yeah, I want him. I want him badly. <laughs> like I want him on my team. We don't have a tight end. He'd be perfect for a, a young quarterback yeah. like Sam Darnold. Uh, a compliment for McCaffrey. You can put him in the slot. You can put him out wide. You can put him in the backfield. Yep. I mean, oh, yep. and I don't know who's going to get him. I'm, I'm, I'm fearful it's going to be Atlanta at four because I think that's where the running I mean, quarterbacks is going to yeah, stop. I, I don't see him slipping past five. Um, I also like the kid Zach Wilson from BYU. I'm a fan of his as well. Um, Matt Jones would literally be fourth on my list, and yeah. that's probably giving him some. Well, who's the fifth quarterback then? Like on your like, who do you have Jones rated ahead of? Like Trey I mean, Lance? No, 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 no. So I would say, well, Trevor oh, fifth Lawrence, overall, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, well, just out of them, yeah. Because I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence. I'd say Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Lance, and honestly, man, the kid that nobody's talking about from Utah State's a stud too. See, I was gonna, and I'm gonna probably bring this up with uh, the guys from the Four Man Rush uh, that'll be on later this week because they they go deep in the film, and I'm gonna ask them, you know, who's a diamond in the rough for the Panthers on day two? You know, on Friday, like rounds two and three, because we're, we're, we're all focused on Thursday night, but the team is going to get built after Thursday's over with. I'll tell you one guy that's going to go late that I think is going to be a star in the NFL, and that's Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. I keep hearing his name pop up. What round do you think he might go? Third, fourth? Nah, yeah, probably third or fourth. I mean, Jimbo did a really good job with him, but he was there for four years. He, he broke all the passing records at Texas A&M. He's like their all-time passing leader. Won a lot of games. They went for a big bowl this year. He's athletic. He's strong, durable, and you don't hear about him getting in trouble. That's true. Maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll see the Panthers take a, a swing on a quarterback, not in the first round, but maybe later on. Uh, I started seeing today that uh, Atlanta's taking calls for Julio Jones in a trade. If you were a team in the NFL, would you trade for Julio Jones at this point? What would you give up for him? Dez, that's hard to say when it comes he's to hurt Julio all Jones, the time. Man. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. He's not been able to be on the field. I mean, everybody knows the best ability in football in the NFL is availability. Availability, and availability has been slashed like a mug. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not even sure what he's owed in money wise, but I know he is owed on his contract a buttload. I had and it I can't, before. I'm going to look it up. And I can't tell you that I would be willing to pick up that contract. Um, his contract is somewhere, I think. It was like a three-year deal for like $69, 70 million, something. Yeah, he like got that. him. He got him to re-up ahead of when they were supposed to even re-up, if I remember, because he had just signed an extension, and then like two years went by, and like the wide receiver salaries got all out of whack, and uh, he basically forced the 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 pan- uh, Excuse me, the uh, I wish it was the Panthers. <laughs> he uh, he uh, yeah, the forced the Falcons, to, yeah, to basically you know pony up some more money, and really ever since he got that second extension, he really hasn't been healthy, like. No, Ever not since. at all. Not yeah. at all. And he's the highest. He's the highest paid receiver in the NFL, but he's not performing right now well, like the I highest think, paid receiver. I, I don't yeah. know if he's if he's the highest paid right now. There's been some other contracts. Yeah, 22, 22 million. I mean, he who's making more than twenty two million or more a but year? My thing is though, yeah, we're right. talking about since that new contract, twenty nineteen. 1300 yards plus the year before that 1600 yards the year before that 1400 yards we gotta talk we talking about julio jones you know and I, i'm gonna just be honest you there ain't three receivers in the league better than him i think i feel like he's not the mm. highest receiver though because somebody just got paid like this here i'll look year. it up oh you talking That's about like keenan I, allen yeah keenan allen just got paid but well, somebody did, he? did keenan get paid, paid more the keenan keenan's no, from uh somebody. from northern guilford here in the triad he yeah. got paid more than julio 
I think Keenan Allen got that. like 80 million, but it's four years, whereas Julio's is three. Does, he deserves it, though, man. Keenan Allen is like the Tim Duncan of wide receivers, man, minus shift. He puts it. up all the numbers, and he just doesn't get the credit I believe he deserves. I got it here. So the highest paid wide receivers, average salary per year from last year, 2020. Uh, Julio it? Jones was number one, 22 million. Keenan yeah, Allen's 20. number two at 20 million. What about uh, so both Michael right. Thomas? What about Michael Thomas, Thomas, number four, number four, nineteen point three million. Okay, uh, he didn't okay. play hardly at all last year, um, sure being did. injured. Uh, Amari Cooper's third with twenty million. Uh, your boy Jerry just handing out bags with uh, dollar signs on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally to everybody. Amari got the bag. Zeke got the bag. Yeah, Dak had to literally have his foot almost fall off before they would give him his money. But uh, I hope he balls out. Car- uh, DeAndre Hopkins is fifth with eighteen point eight million. So. If who he should be number one, if oh, uh, DeAndre, yeah, Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, absolutely. yes, absolutely, yeah, but I but mean, there's not Julio, much separation there. If Julio was to go to the Chiefs or something, oh like my that, gosh, then what are you doing? Stop, no, exactly. they don't have exactly. enough money. Exactly. <laughs> they don't Good gracious, money. what? Why, why, why don't, I, I actually, I, I, I don't know if they, I, I don't know if they, I mean, they're not really paying a whole lot of people, but Mahomes and my uh, guy Tyreek Hill, yeah, like, Tyreek Hill is on this list, yeah, he's on this list at 18 million. Like they're not they're not paying a whole whole lot of people. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mahomes is getting four hundred fifty million, but yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why they paid a whole lot. He's getting half a million himself. But but a lot of these guys they have are still on their rookie contract. So that's true. I don't. I would think it would be somebody like this. You know, honestly, this has Dallas written all over it. Ooh, <laughs> like no, yeah, this, has, no. this has this has the nah, we, Cowboys we, is written or the Raiders like written all over. Maybe it. Raiders, Jones but yes, the Cowboys have to go defense now, man. We I know what they. Uh-uh. I know what they need to do. But did, you, did you see the video it's with Julio, uh, Jerry man. Jones? Did you see the video with Jerry Jones, like talking to Kyle Pitts, like through Zoom or whatever? He was talking yeah. how he was just basically kind of wooing him, and everybody sitting there watching, like, "Bruh, this dude's gonna be off the board, like in the first five picks." Y'all are picking like, right. like I don't even remember where Dallas is picking, like in the teens or something. Like y'all aren't gonna get him. Why are you yeah. talking to him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Jerry, baby. That's Jerry. Oh, yeah, I, I, that's think, Jerry. <laughs> I, I think he can end up with the Baltimore Ravens, though, realistically. Ooh, now that would be interesting because everyone keeps saying they need a wide receiver and they don't right. have one, right. according right. to everyone else. So that would be, hmm, do they have the money? Does Chicago I mean, have the money? Yeah, Chicago could use wide receiver. left tackle for those picks. Oh, yeah, they sent them to the Kansas City. Space. You're right. They're clearing up some space. Now, we say all this. Is it in Atlanta's best interest to trade Julio Jones? Because they're still going to have some dead cap if they let him go either way, unless uh, they can convince some other team to give him some money. I mean, like, uh, was it almost better to keep I mean, well, that's a whole, career with, with that's a whole conversation. <laughs> that's I mean, a whole other topic right there. Because <laughs> Calvin Ridley's a star. So, I mean, you got two yeah. stars out there. Well, and, Atlanta's and in a weird Julio spot. had that. If yeah. you're Atlanta and you're in the fourth spot, do you take one of these quarterbacks or do you get some help from Matt Ryan? I think you get a quarterback. Because at that point, but you're going to have. How much help does he need? How much help does he need? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. That's true. You talking about getting him Kyle Pitts to go with it on top like, of that too? I can uh, throw to them. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, if yeah, you, but let's say they say they take a quarterback. We already know Lawrence is going at one. Uh, Wilson's going to be going at two. Probably. Well, maybe Mac Jones at three. I guess. Or Why not Fields? Why not or Fields? So 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 at four, Atlanta's gonna have a choice of one of those three guys. 
Right. Out of the or there's gonna be two of them left if one if it goes one two three quarterback. So if Trey Lance is sitting there or Mac Jones is sitting there or Justin Fields is sitting there at four, one one of them will be by default. They're just gonna be right. sitting there. Should Atlanta take Justin Fields? Any from uh, Georgia or whatever? Any from I, that area? He, yeah, he's from Georgia. Matt Jones oh, is pretty man. much a shorter Matt Ryan, and Trey Lance is a year or two away from playing. So to me, right. Justin Fields is obviously. Ooh, this is gonna be interesting. This is gonna be the first time in a long time where I sit down and watch the NFL draft first round, and I'm like in it, <laughs> like trying to figure out what's happening, like what's going to happen. Like I don't know, like. I'm gonna be like on edge of my, my couch like the whole night until after the Panthers screw up their eighth pick because that's probably what's gonna happen. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what they're gonna do to screw it up, but they're gonna figure out a way. Well, I shouldn't put that on them. That's previous regimes. It's a new regime, new coach, new owner. He a baller. He worth 14 yeah. billion. He don't care. He it literally feels like David Tepper's like I don't care what happens. We would have had Deshaun Watson in here right now if 40 women hadn't came out and said he was a bad person. Right. <laughs> like we would have, we would already had him in here. So I, I'm kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do. I feel like the Panthers are going to try to make some kind of splash. I just don't know what it is. They can't trade up. They don't have the collateral for it. Uh, but I think someone's going to fall to him. I have no idea Man, who that's going to be. The Panthers need to get an offensive lineman. They need to get the big boy out of Oregon. What's his oh, name? Sewell. 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 Yeah, yeah, they they Sewell. Sewell. Him. I think he's going to be gone. I think he's going to be gone by eight. I think since if Cincinnati's smart, and that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> if Cincinnati's smart, considering they just saw their number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, go down with a torn ACL because they had no protection for dude, you right. get Sewell and protect him for the next 10 years. That's right. if Cincinnati's smart. I don't know if Cincinnati is smart. <laughs> I think they're gonna get I, I a mean, wide receiver. I think they, they gotta go there. They got the receivers. I mean, Adrian Green was good last year, and the young kid, I can't even think of his name. The I thought uh, Green I think- left. Then they then no, Green go someplace no. else. I thought Green went someplace else in the off this oh, past off season. Yeah, he was there this season. Yeah, he was there this season. I mean, I think he's gone now. I think he left. Oh, that yeah, up. that's news to me. I didn't see that, but I'm, yeah, I know I'm pretty sure he did. Joe Burrow made that whole thing about keeping him, and then they got a couple young receivers there too. Oh, he did. He plays for the Cardinals now. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> so it's so the Cardinals have AJ Green and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh my god! And I think Will Fuller plays for them too. Yup, man. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, Cardinals. Okay, I see what's up. I see what y'all trying to do. I can't remember if they traded for him or or what, but uh, I'm trying to figure that out. But we're actually running out of time here anyway. This is a good combo. I'm just trying to figure this out. I mean, we're at the beginning of the week too. We still got a couple more days to try to chop this up and figure out who's gonna go where and what's gonna happen. But um, we're running out of time. Check us out on uh, all podcast platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, uh, Anchor, any of those that you can find. Of course, you can hear us here every uh, Tuesday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. I'm Desmond Johnson. That's Hot Rod Thunderbird. That's Brandon uh, Blakeney. We will see you tomorrow.